Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to the Thursday edition of Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle. Because Nurses Out Loud is a nursing program, it should be no surprise to me that I am regularly reached out to by panicking nursing students who are just about to start their first couple of weeks of nursing school. They've waited so long to start only to discover that there are massive vaccination mandates upon them. The majority of nursing students would be between the ages of about 20 and 25, but they can be older because people who have always wanted to be a nurse will wait until their kids are raised or after their divorce, et cetera, to come back to college and fulfill a dream of being a nurse. Nursing is one of those unique professions that if you have wanted to be a nurse, it is very likely because you have had a calling or a burden put upon you by your, you know, on your own heart to be among those who help the suffering and the oppressed of this world. Every generation will need someone to deal with the sick and dying, those that are pregnant and bringing new life into the world, and those that care to study the unique nuances of the human body to solve what looks like the unsolvable when it comes to disease and suffering. My baby girl just graduated from nursing school here in Georgia in May. Those that graduated as the class of 2021, 2022, and 2023 are among what I'm calling the COVID nursing school generation. They have witnessed something that future generations did not see here in America. They saw a mass propaganda campaign spread over the country and the pressure for a medical professional to get the COVID vaccine was immense. Within the nursing schools around the country, the federal COVID vaccine mandate has awakened a sleeping bear. Now, when I got my nursing degree back in the 80s, it was in the height of the AIDS epidemic. Isn't that interesting that Anthony Fauci was part of that, believe it or not, though I didn't know his name then, and he happened to be a major role player in my daughter's nursing school generation. So I did see an epidemic, as they wanted to call it. It was specifically noticeable to us nurses because it directly impacted how we handled blood and body fluids within the hospital setting. So even though I'd already been in nursing school, all of a sudden there was all these blood and body precautions that had to be dealt with differently because of this new fear of AIDS in the blood supply. But even before there was an mRNA technology COVID vaccination that my daughter's generation saw, there have been childhood vaccinations. And before nurses and doctors entered their medical programs, in fact, before any college students enters college, they are required to send their state childhood vaccination record to prove that they are vaccinated before they enter college. 
you would be amazed how many young people I've asked about this and they don't have a clue that it was their mama who sent their vaccination record to their college. They were allowed to remain in ignorance while their mommy took care of the business of going to college for them. Yes, they had their high school transcripts that they earned, but even there, it wouldn't be too uncommon that parents made sure those transcripts got of the colleges that were requiring those documents to get to them. Now, the reason why I bring up that simple fact about young people being oblivious to what is required to get into college is because a lot of things are changing in our generation. But I do think it's important to recognize that when you have students entering college, let's say they're majority 18 years old, they think they're adults. The world calls them adults. They now can vote. But their parents are still holding their hands to some degree, and perhaps they're not being made aware of just how much they're still needing to have their hands held. So sadly, most of their parents are doing just what the majority do. They call their pediatrician. They tell the pediatrician that my son is going to college. I need their vaccination record, and the pediatrician promptly gets them a digital form of that to upload to the college website. Now, most parents aren't paying attention to the comparison, perhaps, of what their child that's presently going to college, the amount of vaccines that may be on that state vaccination record versus perhaps what maybe an older child had on their state vaccination record, let's say 10 years prior. For those who have kids that are spread out over longer periods of time, it might have stood out to you. But here's the thing. It's it's really important to recognize that For the most part, parents, you really don't know much about what's on that vaccine record. You just were what you believed was a good parent and you brought them to their well-child checkups and you got those shots and now they're going off to college and you're glad you have those. And for those that read about vaccines early, you didn't get those vaccines and there isn't a vaccine record or it's a vaccine record like my kids had that had limited vaccines on it. But here's the thing, these 18 to 25-year-olds don't know anything about vaccines, nor do their parents, nor do the college administration, nor do the admission people, nor do their doctors and nurses. And that may be shocking for you to hear, but if you've been following Nurses Out Loud long enough, you know that we're exposing that reality. And you may know that my first show here that you can find on AmericaOutloud.news slash nurses out loud and you can pick nurse michelle my very first show was 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals and the reason why i did that was to help wake up medical professionals to realize just how ignorant they are about this topic because it is not taught thoroughly in nursing school or medical school and we're not going to go into that specifically today but what is relevant is that these admission people are just simply that. They just know that there's something to check off the list. You're supposed to upload it and they're supposed to check whether or not you have a certain amount of things on that vaccine register. And if you don't, you might be asked to do something really stupid like, oh, you're behind on 10 vaccines. You need to go get them all like this week and before you come to classes in two weeks. So anybody that, um, is a medical professional who hears something like that is happening. Hopefully you're like shocked and you gasped to think that some school would actually dare to say to a college student, you need to go get caught up before you start classes in two weeks. 
that a kid who may be behind on 10 vaccines should suddenly go get 10 vaccines, as if that isn't going to have some kind of impact on the human body that may not be exactly what was intended. So when you say that, Michelle, are you saying that that's really happening? Yes, it's really happening. And nobody's really paying attention. A lot of parents may be like, oh my goodness, it's finally time for my kids to move away to college. I am so glad it's happening. Whatever you need college, let me do it. Oh, you say they need to get caught up on five vaccines. Let me get them to the pediatrician and get those five vaccines and let me get that kid packed up. Okay. That is not the right mindset. Okay. So, but today and Nurses Out Loud specifically, we want to help you all recognize as a society that right now we have a problem, Houston. We have people that are needed for the next generation to come to be those among the healers that have the gift and the calling for relieving the heal, the sickness and the oppressed and those that are suffering among us. And we have a problem because the nursing schools is what I'm going to speak about specifically, but it relates to medical schools as well. The nursing schools are literally communist about this subject and they're bullies and they are intimidating your children into believing that they've got to hustle up and get their vaccines up to date, their childhood vaccines up to date. And that if, you know, the COVID vaccine, if you want to work in this hospital, if you want to do clinicals, if you want to be a nurse, by golly, you better get your vaccines. Okay. This is what is happening. And what is happening to our country is we're having nurses who really want to go into the profession withdrawing from in entering the profession. So we're going to have less people entering the profession because of their conscience, not wanting to get some of these vaccines, specifically the COVID vaccine. And also because we've already had a mass exodus, the largest ever seen in this country during 2021 and 2022, the largest exodus of medical nurses, doctors, PAs, nurse practitioners, et cetera, than we've ever seen in our country over this vaccine mandate. And as much as everybody would like to say it's about um, other reasons why we're having nursing shortages, no. We just had a pandemic. It hit the medical community extremely hard, and it has scared people out of the profession. So there are gaps. You know, I have friends who are thinking about elective surgeries right now. I'm like, I would never go in for anything that is not an emergency right now because there are shortages everywhere. And if there's a shortage in your hospital, that means there is going to be a reduction in quality of care. So this impacts every single one of us, whether or not you have a child or grandchild going into the medical profession or not. But what we need to do is I need all of you that are listening to tell nurses out loud any nursing school that you know about in your city or state that did not require the COVID vaccine upon their nursing students and helped their nursing students get religious exemptions, help their nursing students fulfill their clinicals in hospitals and prove to be constitutionally good colleges. We would like all of you to send in to Nurses Out Loud names of those colleges and contact information addresses, etc. You can do that by going to americaoutloud.news slash nursesoutloud. You'll see a drop down menu to send any of the nurses an email. We all can see it 
and we need the list of these colleges. Based on my interview that I did previously addressing nocollegemandates.com, there's apparently only 150 colleges in the country that have zero college vaccine mandates, no COVID vaccine mandates. We need to know what nursing schools are the ones that are doing it right, behaving appropriately, not being bullies to 20-year-olds who know nothing about vaccines. And we're going to help promote those colleges. We're going to do what we can to direct your college students to the colleges that are worthy of them and worthy of your money. Okay, because this really comes down to money when it when it all pans out. If your college is pushing that kind of pressure on your student, they are not worthy of your student. And it's time to readjust your thinking and look at other options. If you are part of our America Out Loud audience and you are not happy with what has happened in your country since 2020, then please pay attention. I want you all to know the kind of communist type questions that nursing students are being forced to answer to have the right to exempt themselves from a vaccination, okay? And the reason why I want you to hear these questions is because it is going to impact your future medical care if we have students being forced to do this, okay? So today I'm going to go through a Georgia medical systems questionnaire that if a nursing student dares to say she doesn't want the COVID vaccine or he doesn't want the COVID vaccine, what is going to befall them is a massive request for documents and a book report explaining their religious beliefs if they're going to choose a religious exemption. There, of course, is in most states a medical exemption as well. If you have a relative or first-degree relative that had a severe reaction to a COVID vaccine, you may be fortunate enough to be able to get those documents and disclose it to the institution that you have a deceased relative following a COVID vaccine or you have a severely vaccine-injured relative. And the CDC says that if you've had a relative with a significant vaccine injury, that would warrant a medical reason to refrain from certain vaccinations, including the childhood vaccinations. My goal today is to help produce a shareable audio that you can send to anybody you know who's trying to get into college or nursing school and is facing a COVID vaccination mandate how to navigate it, and how to answer some of these questions. Honestly, you really do need a lawyer, but most people aren't going to do that. And if you don't know this about nursing schools in general, let's say that you're pursuing a teaching degree and you get married and you move to another state. You're going to pick up your degree and finish it in another state. When it comes to nursing schools, that's not how it works. Whatever nursing school you get accepted into, you must start and finish there. If you drop out, get pregnant, get sick, end up in an ICU, move out of state, whatever it is, you have to start over at the beginning and repeat all the classes you already did. You cannot transfer across states. Anyone out there who is in policy, medical policy, college policy, we need to change this because we have every nursing student in the entire country still has to take the same board exam called the NCLEX, N-C-L-E-X. 
So no matter where you go to school in the country, you still have to take the same standardized national nursing board exam. So if you have to take the same national nursing board exam, we need to make it so that nursing students can say, "Um, no, I'm going to move out of this program and I'm going to move into another. Now, another thing that nursing schools have is sometimes you may have an OB rotation or a pediatric rotation or your med surge rotation in a different order. So what would have to happen in this policy change would be that nursing schools all follow a standard order so that if you are in first semester, you're in med surge no matter where you are in the country, and that's what everybody's doing and learning the same skills, so that if you have to move to another state and transfer, you can start at second semester where they may be starting the pediatric rotation. So there's need for reform and change. You just have no idea. So that's one of the things. But Getting into nursing school is actually quite challenging, and there's a lot of prerequisites for you, and and there's always limited spots inside of nursing programs. So by the time that you're finally accepted into the program that you have chosen, and you're getting everything going and, and meeting the requirements that the school says, what starts very close to start day is called onboarding, giving orientation classes to the nursing students, letting them know basically what to expect. And during that onboarding process, which could be as close as four weeks out from the first day of classes in the fall, that is when the first time a nursing student might hear for the first time, you have to be fully vaccinated. So I'm not going to disclose the major medical system that I'll be addressing today in Georgia, but it is pretty much covering the whole state of Georgia. And one of the first things they say on a document that they require nursing students who've dared to ask for an exemption, the first statement they have is that this healthcare system, COVID vaccine policy requires all workforce members to be fully vaccinated. Hospital, this hospital will consider requests for reasonable accommodation based on disability and sincerely held religious belief on an individual basis. Now listen to that. So that means somebody somewhere in this facility has been delegated to be the person who on an individual basis is going to judge your sincerely held religious belief. And somebody's going to judge whether or not you truly have a disability that would merit you not getting a COVID vaccine. Everywhere I go, the more medical problems you have and the more disabled you are, the more people tell me that their doctors are like, if you have all these medical issues, if you have all these disabilities, if you have breast cancer, you have got to get this COVID vaccine. So the chance of even a medical disability warranting in the eyes of the judge at this medical facility to give you on an individual basis a right to not have to have the COVID vaccine is pretty slim. So the next thing that's said in this document is that a human resources professional will carefully review all requests and may ask additional information from you. After your request has been reviewed and processed, you will be notified in writing if an exemption has been granted or denied. Okay, so We know what it's like. We had a daughter whose college completely backed her 
And they even wrote up a religious exemption letter for them if they felt like they needed the college to do that. But we we used that, we attached it, and we used our own as well. But it was the medical facility where the clinicals were going to be completed that was actually mandating this upon the nursing students. And one of the major pediatric hospitals in the state of Georgia is Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. I hope you're listening. And Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, also called CHOA, would reluctantly allow their medical staff to be able to get an exemption. But nursing students who surrounded that facility, who came from miles and miles away to fulfill their pediatric hospital rotations in Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, they were denied their right to religious accommodation for an exemption for the COVID vaccine. And we have colleges all around Georgia that those students were not able to finish their rotations, which means they couldn't graduate nursing school. And they're now in litigation to try and get justice. Some of them don't even know they can get litigation. They just bailed out. They dropped out and they gave up on their dream of becoming a nurse. Be aware this is happening, I assure you, in your city and in your state. Now, let me go on with the next thing, because today what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the questions and I'm going to help you have answers. But first, I want you to hear the type of writing that is being written to these, for the most part, 20 to 25 year old people who don't get me wrong. You're bright and intelligent. I was once upon a 20 to 25 year old person and I felt like I was a bright, intelligent person. But the facts are you don't know anything about vaccines. So you're very likely going to be subject to being bullied by those in authority. Next comment. In order to submit a request, you must read the COVID-19 vaccine information, complete this form that is attached and attach all supplemental materials, including your answers to the questions below in your own words. You then need to email the completed documents to the following address and list in the email subject line, COVID vaccine exemption requests. So we want to know if you're a problem person, right? Right away. So we can direct it to the right people who are used to dealing with you. Email the completed documents to the following address and list in the email subject line that this is a COVID vaccine exemption request with your name and the specific hospital you're going to be doing your clinicals at. So, you know, they're red flagging these and they're making sure that these are being routed to a specific person that has been put in this position to judge your sincerely held religious beliefs and whether or not you actually have a disability or not. The next thing is that they require that the person please describe their religious beliefs and or practices as that is the basis for your request for accommodation. So before we go to the break, I want to share with you a letter that was sent to a student who was pursuing this exemption request. And when she asked for waivers for some childhood vaccines, This is what the head of nursing thought was appropriate to send to a 20-year-old adult young woman who is seeking an exemption. And after we come back from the break, we will deal with each of the questions. 
So she informs the student that the hospitals require everything that the college is also requesting. She informs the student that the the hospitals do not accept waivers for anything like immunizations. So no waivers for your childhood vaccinations, no waivers to avoid getting titers for your childhood vaccinations, no waiver for your PPD, which is just testing for your um, tuberculosis testing, etc. They only accept waivers for COVID and one hospital within their system. We send students do not accept a waiver even for the COVID vaccine. That hospital is very strict is what she informs the student. She goes on to say, if you want to attend nursing school, you will need to be compliant with everything. Please let me know your decision. Then she goes on to say, your COVID waiver exemption must be sent to me for review and approval by our legal affairs office. And then the associate dean makes sure to sign it after that. So imagine being a 20-year-old student finally getting to nursing school, and this is the kind of letter you get after you are requesting exemption for some childhood vaccines you might not have gotten, okay, and and don't intend to get. And they're going to send it to their legal affairs office. So that's a little intimidating, and it was put there for that very purpose. And that is why I say legal counsel might be necessary in these circumstances. While these students who are seeking exemption were in their onboarding live class online, the director of nursing thought it appropriate to announce to the entire group listening that someone emailed about skipping immunizations and made sure to say, but that really isn't an option in this field. We are guests in the hospital and must act that way. If nursing is your calling, we must adhere to these immunizations. Yeah. So that is what is happening to nursing students. Imagine being these two students who are wanting to get exemptions for their school. There are two that we know about that knew to reach out to Nurse Michelle. We'll address on the other side of the show how to deal with these kind of things and what to do, some rules to follow for yourself to protect yourself. But for now, I just want to remind everybody that remember, We now have a new place that you can go to the store on Nurses Out Loud and America Out Loud, and that is americaoutloud.shop. So everything that we have for sponsors, you can find there. So when you hear us talk about any wonderful products, you should be able to go to americaoutloud.shop to find those products. Remember the way that we're able to be on the show is by these sponsors making it possible for us to do that. We're only going to be telling you about things that we think are the best options out there. And if you go to that and if instead of buying it somewhere else, if you'll buy it on americaoutloud.shop, you will be helping Nurses Out Loud and all the other wonderful shows on America Out Loud stay on air. It's time in this world. 
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity, unlike other supplements that don't work. Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. Let's get right back where we left off. I wanted to start back with the comment that was said to the nursing onboarding class that all of the nurses, majority 20 to 25 year olds heard. And that was, if nursing is your calling, we must adhere to these immunizations. So if you are hearing that and you're in your 20s, you're probably thinking, well, vaccines save lives. Of course, I'm going to get these vaccines. And listen to what the boss just said. If you're going to be in this career, that's what you need to do. Now, I have a viral post that's going on right now on my Instagram at nursemichelle.rn. Remember, I'm Michelle with one L. And that is from um, a nurse that I had on the show just last week. If you did not hear about the Kaiser Permanente nurse, Tori Jensen interview, Definitely go to my page on Nurses Out Loud and listen to this interview. If you're on Instagram, you got to see the video that is going viral. The kind of comments that are being said underneath this post are of the same mind that, hey, if you want to be a nurse, you want to be a doctor, well, suck it up. You've got to have your vaccines. That's what you should expect. 
what God or religion out there says you shouldn't have medical care that protects society. So that's the mindset out there and the presumption that medical immunizations protect society. Okay. So we're not going to really deal with that all right this minute, but I just want you to know that's what we're talking about. And then the other comment that was said to these students was that we are guests in the hospital and must act that way. So something that was said to those people to help them understand something is that, are you checking a vaccine card of every guest, actual guest that walks into your hospital, every vendor, every person that comes to see their loved one after they get out of surgery? And of course, the answer is no. I said, because those are your actual guests. The student nurses are not guests. They are actually being trained to be potential employees of that facility. So that facility actually stands to benefit from them being trained inside that facility. They may very likely have these students come back and be employees. So we're not talking about the same thing as a guest that's coming to bring flowers to a friend at the hospital. So it's quite absurd to actually say that because we're guests in the hospital, we must act like guests and guests go and get their vaccines. No, no, they don't. Okay, so let's go back to the questions that these students are facing in the state of Georgia. First one, please describe the religious belief or practice or practices as that is the basis for your request for accommodation. So they want you to describe what your belief or practice is that is the basis for your accommodation. So this is a very private question. So according to HIPAA law, you can't even ask an employee what their gender is or what their sex is or how many children they have, okay? There is right to privacy within the work environment, and yet these questions invade the most intimate part of a person's life, their religious belief and practices. So the first thing to say in this situation would be to use the following statement. This letter serves to notify you that I am invoking my right to religious accommodation under Title VII of the U.S. Civil Rights Act. So we've started off right then and there, kind of putting them in their place. So as I was telling these young students, I was making sure they understood that for the most part, these directors of nursing and these people in these programs have a propensity to, let's say, bully you because they're the boss hog and they're the ones that are going to make you comply and be the good student throughout the program. And their primary job is to make sure they get customers for the program, right? Because you're a paying customer. So if they're going to say to these nursing students that they're going to make sure the legal affairs office is going to read this, let's make sure the first thing they read is a statement that reminds them that you, the nursing student, have some legal rights. Now, moving on to the next question, please describe how the receipt of COVID-19 vaccine violates such religious beliefs and or practices. So, you know, they're basically looking at you and saying, are you meaning to tell me somewhere in your religious Bible that you have or whatever you documents you have? It says somewhere in there that you can't have a COVID-19 vaccine. So it's a form of really mocking you. And how do you deal with a question like this? Please describe the religious belief and or practices that is the basis for your request for accommodation. 
Here is Michelle's answer for you. I am not under any obligation by law to be required to disclose my sincerely held religious beliefs to any entity. My sincerely held religious beliefs are entirely my own and unique to my autonomous self. The First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution prevents the government from making laws that regulate an establishment of religion or that prohibit the free exercise of religion or abridge the freedom of speech. It is unconstitutional to require a U.S. citizen to have to disclose their sincerely held religious beliefs with threat of consequences and force me to have injected into my body a medical product against my conscience and religious beliefs in order to pursue my right to education in the United States, denying my right to freely exercise my religion and right to a conscientious objection to a medical procedure. Next sentence. Though the CMS mandate has been upheld earlier this year, ICANN's attorney wrote a letter in support of a petition submitted to HHS by the Attorney General of 22 different states, which demanded the repeal of the CMS COVID vaccine mandate for nearly all healthcare workers in the U.S. In the face of unrelenting public and legal pressure, CMS relented and announced it will soon withdraw the mandate. Additionally, the Supreme Court saw fit to overturn the federal COVID-19 vaccine mandate, which was unconstitutionally imposed upon U.S. citizens in 2021 by the Biden administration. In a 6-3 order, the justices blocked the occupational OSHA emergency rule for businesses with more than 100 employees that large businesses require their employees to either be vaccinated or tested once a week for the coronavirus. And then I say some more you can see in my show notes and end with this letter serves to notify you that I am invoking my right to religious accommodation under Title VII of the U.S. Civil Rights Act. Next question. Please describe how receipt of the COVID-19 vaccine violates such religious beliefs and or practices. Answer. It is my right as an autonomous human being to honor my body. According to my religion, my body is considered the temple of God. See citations below. But even if I'm not a Christian, it's the only body I have. If I inject something into it that I believe is potentially harmful, I am causing intentional harm to my body. It is against my sincerely held religious beliefs to do anything that I believe is harmful to my body. Next question. If applicable, please provide any supporting scriptures or other texts that relate to such religious beliefs and practices and receipt of a COVID-19 vaccine? Answer. As a U.S. citizen, I am not obligated to provide supporting scriptures or texts that relate to my religious beliefs. It is a gross violation of my First Amendment rights to have to explain my religious beliefs in order to maintain my meritoriously attained status as a student in this college, nor is there someone in any position of authority who can presume to judge my personal relationship with my creator and the exercise thereof as I see fit. However, as a courtesy, I will share the following scriptures supporting my right to protect my body, the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit as my conscience deems appropriate. These citations are not exhaustive, simply provided as a courtesy. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. 1 Corinthians 6, 20 For we are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 3, 16-17 
Know ye that ye are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Okay, next question. Do you refrain from all vaccines on the same basis or is your objection limited to the COVID-19 vaccine? If only the COVID-19 vaccine, please explain the difference. Answer. Vaccines, like all medications administered in the United States, come with risk and benefits. It is the obligation of the recipient to weigh the risk and benefits to deem whether or not each individual product within each vaccine is appropriate for them as an individual. Medical professionals are taught to cautiously and carefully titrate medication based on gender, age, weight, pre-existing medical conditions, etc. The majority of medication administration is customized to the individual patient. Vaccines, on the other hand, are given to the masses. The majority of vaccines received by the U.S. population are given between the ages of zero and 18 years old. People born prior to 1983 receive less than six vaccines before the age of 18. By 1983, children face mandated vaccines at 24 doses before they hit the age of 18. At the time that COVID hit America in 2020, American children faced 69 mandated doses of childhood vaccines before the age of 18. Since the introduction of the COVID vaccine being approved for the children's vaccine schedule, American children now face greater than 72 vaccine doses before the age of 18. I was born in, and you fill in the blank because most of you are born in the 2000s after this happened, so you'll say, I was born in 2003 or so after the Childhood Vaccine Act of 1986. That act provided 100% liability-free protection to all vaccine makers forcing vaccine-injured children and families to have to pursue justice and litigation through the Federal Vaccine Court of Special Masters. I am presently X number of years old. Because the majority of children receive childhood vaccines while they are still minors, my parents had the sole authority to dictate which vaccines I received and did not receive based on their educated decision making at that time. I was not included in that process. I was merely a minor recipient of whatever vaccines they deemed necessary for me. Any vaccines that I may not have received on the childhood vaccine schedule were based on my parents' educated, conscientious objection. All decisions regarding vaccines injected into my body are now made by me as an autonomous adult. Since becoming an adult, I have not submitted to any vaccinations of any kind based on my conscientious objection from my sincerely held religious beliefs. As an adult, I am now obligated to make sure that I have proper informed consent regarding any medical procedures. I am now aware as an adult that no childhood vaccines have ever gone through any placebo safety trials. Additionally, my research has confirmed that my, what my conscience led me to, which is to not participate in the COVID-19 vaccinations. Regarding the COVID-19 vaccine, it is well documented in the medical literature that it is not like any other previous vaccine given to children or adults. In fact, the CDC had to change the very definition of the word vaccine to accommodate the new mRNA technology, medical drugs, so that it could be called a vaccine. The CDC has a reporting system for adverse events following vaccination called VAERS. According to www.openvares.org, there have been over 2 million reports of vaccine adverse events following the COVID vaccination, 35,000 to 45,000 COVID vaccine reported deaths, 
over 205,000 total COVID vaccine reported hospitalizations and greater than 1,500,000 vaccine adverse event reports filed with VAERS. Though VAERS is a passive reporting system, it is the only system besides the vSAFE system that the CDC provides to the American public to ascertain adverse reactions to any vaccine. In recent FOIA requests by the Informed Consent Action Network, it was discovered that CDC was aware of significant adverse events and deaths following the COVID-19 vaccine within their trial data. This information was only disclosed after legal action. Additionally, the FDA admits it has no records indicating COVID-19 vaccine safety protocols were followed. All the citations are included here, people. Additionally, I was made aware that Pfizer was unwilling to release their trial data regarding the COVID-19 vaccine and requested that the courts allow them to wait 75 years to provide all of their trial data. Thanks to the Informed Consent Action Network, again making a Freedom of Information Act request of Pfizer, Pfizer was forced to disclose their trial data. Within the Pfizer documents, shocking revelations of known severe adverse outcomes of adults, children, and pregnant women has been revealed. The Moderna vaccine trial data is under investigation presently by ICANN. As you may be aware, the EUA for J&J's COVID-19 vaccine was pulled from the market due to safety issues in the recipients. Next question. When did you adopt such religious beliefs and or practices? Answer. The timing of my religious beliefs and practices is not relevant to a scientific discussion as it pertains to proper informed consent for myself as an autonomous individual making conscientious decisions of what is best for my health and my body. Over the course of my lifetime, I have gained knowledge and continue to gain knowledge that guides me in my decision-making process as it pertains to my sincerely held religious beliefs that I will not put in my body anything that my conscience convicted me not to do. Next question. Other than refraining from vaccinations, how else do you demonstrate such religious beliefs and practices throughout your daily life? Hmm. I believe my previous responses adequately express how an autonomous U.S. citizen's rights with sincerely held religious beliefs would be going against my conscience to allow anything I believe could be harmful into my body. My sincerely held religious beliefs dictate all of my actions and choices, and I demonstrated in multiple ways in my life that are not constitutionally appropriate to be discussed in this forum with potential threat of reprisal. Next question. In addition to the above required responses, you may also provide the following to support your request. Question. Affidavit or other documents from another person describing your beliefs and practices, including information regarding their observations of when you embraced such beliefs and practices, as well as how you have demonstrated adherence to such beliefs and practices. Answer. My sincerely held religious beliefs are not subject to another individual's observations for their opinions as to whether I have demonstrated adherence to such beliefs. There is no religious authority besides the creator of the universe who has any ability to make such judgments regarding my beliefs and practices and my adherence thereto what I embrace as religious beliefs. Next question. Please provide an affidavit or other supporting documents from a religious leader, fellow adherent, or other individual who shares the same religious beliefs and or practices with explanation about how the receipt 
of the COVID-19 vaccine interferes with such beliefs and practices? Answer. It would be inappropriate and unconstitutional to presume that a religious leader or fellow adherent who shares similar religious beliefs or practices could speak to my own personal, autonomous, sincerely held religious belief. Attach, please find, Thomas versus Maricopa County Community College, precedent-setting Supreme Court case prohibiting that nursing school from requiring COVID-19 vaccination for students to to continue their education. And then they're asked to initial various sundry things, namely that you have read the COVID-19 immunization requirements and uh, regarding your religious beliefs. You also have to attest that I understand that I am not vaccinated in order to protect my own health and the health of the community. I will comply with the COVID-19 testing requirements and other preventative guidance except that's been set forth and the COVID vaccine policy and COVID-19 workplace expectations and accountability policy. That is a mouthful of what they're saying that all you have to do is initial. So I would recommend writing, see the above notation document in the Supreme Court removal of the OSHA mandate for vaccination and mandatory testing and the CMS mandate that is also soon to be withdrawn. Therefore, compliance with testing is only applicable in the presence of symptoms of illness. And then the rest of them are just simple yes or no questions that are a bit absurd. So the main thing that I want you to get from the takeaway from this is that um, when you go to my show notes, I will have all of this document included there with the answers that include the citation links that you can just copy paste and use those citations yourself inside of your document that you're being forced to do for your nursing school that is requiring you to justify your religious beliefs as a reason for why you are withdrawing from a COVID-19 vaccine. So, you know, for all the lawyers that are out there listening, we are hoping that you all are aware that we're hoping that you're going to do something that helps us not have to have either a medical or religious exemption. We need just a simple personal exemption. After all, this is America. We have a right to um, do plenty of things. I can go across state lines. I can do whatever I want to do most every day except break the law. So why is it that I have to come up with a medical or religious reason for why I don't want something injected into my body? I'm an autonomous American citizen with rights. And if I don't want that in my body, I just say I don't want it in my body. Just like anybody um, under the same precedent setting situation where they say my body, my choice. It applies here. Literally, I wish I could find some way to say it inside of a document like this without, you know, setting somebody off. Because in reality, these young students are being forced to have to write a document that's going to be read by a legal affairs committee for the hospital or the school. So that's why it's important to include all of these legal citations inside of this very important document so that if legal wants to assess what we say, they can read some legal assessments because obviously your average 20 to 25 year old or anybody, honestly, even if I were going to nursing school right now, at 55 years old, 
I, I would be, I think, more qualified to answer these questions than your average 20-year-old because I've lived more than half of 100 years. So yes, age and experience do count. But if you're finally in a situation, perhaps your kids are grown up and you're finally getting to go to college, maybe because you've had a bad marriage and you're finally out of it and you're pursuing a dream you want, the last thing you want to really do is rock that boat, even as an older person. So this has got to stop. We've got to do what we can to get the legal information in front of these nursing schools. We've got to call out the schools and the medical programs in this country that are still acting like communists and upholding these vaccine mandates, holding this over the medical community. Those that are out there in the medical community that are saying, you know, if you want to be a nurse, you need to accept that this is your responsibility to humankind. Since when does any career say, I have to sign up to do bodily harm to myself in the name of protecting you? No, I do not. I signed up to help you in crisis, in oppressed situations, in psychiatric crisis, in labor and delivery crisis, in surgical crisis. And, you know, I've been trained to be able to help you medically recover, to identify medical processes that may be wrong in your body. But I have not been called to lay down my body on an altar of vaccinology, okay? Just because somebody else says that I have to have something does not make it true. Um, we have a lot of doctors that are now waking up in the medical community to realize that things that they even blindly just accepted every year, multiple flu vaccines, they now are well read and recognize that the, this flu shot is is a useless shot. Okay, it doesn't, it barely stops any transmission. It's only effective between 20 and 40% annually. They do make a guess, you know, whether or not this is even the right flu that's going to be coming through. And yet nurses and nursing students are forced to get a flu vaccine or else wear a mask all during your 10, 12 hour shift. Okay. This has got to stop and it's going to be science that's going to overthrow this and litigation. So somebody please come to Georgia and recognize what is the dominant medical system that is purchasing up most of the hospitals in this state. And let's get some litigation going here in Georgia to let some money be lost and let some lessons be learned so that we do not have to continue to have these battles for nursing students. I met a young nursing student just recently, and when I asked her whether or not she had had to get the COVID vaccine, she says, oh, yeah, yeah, whenever, you know, you go to nursing school, you have to sign up to get all these vaccines. It's just normal. It's what you do. And I said, no, that's not true. You have an obligation as an autonomous adult, now that you're making decisions for yourself, to know if so, why so, and if not, why not. You need to know what is being put inside of your body. Just because anybody says you're supposed to have it so that you can have your dream come true and become a nurse is not accurate to say that just because of that, you have to go get injected. So that is not accurate. Do your due diligence. Know what's being put inside of your body. Feel the obligation for yourself because if you want to be a patient advocate going forward and be a nurse, if you can't even advocate for yourself, what makes you think you can advocate for your patients? You can't. You're not qualified to adequately be a patient advocate if you can't fight for yourself. Courage is rare, but it is contagious. And giant kudos to the few nursing schools in America that upheld 
U.S. constitutional rights for their nursing students and fought for them to not have to submit to the unconstitutional, now overthrown federal vaccine mandate. Future nursing students, be brave, do something. Everyone is watching. We are in a war for truth. This is your battle. Nurses Out Loud is here to help you fight that battle. And there are so many other great speakers here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. They're here for you. Check out the Tom Renz show. He is doing amazing things and what he can do as a lawyer to help overthrow these unconstitutional mandates. If you know of a nursing school or if you are a administrator of a nursing school and you want to let us know about your wonderful program that does not force nursing students to get vaccinated and you fight for them against the medical institutions to defend their right to not get vaccinated, please reach out to us at americaoutloud.com slash nursesoutloud. You'll find our email there. Remember, we're in this battle together. Until next week. It's time.